Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. Today we're talking about moon cycles and how the ebb and flow of the moon cycles can affect the empath. Think about it. If the moon affects the tides and women's cycles, agriculture and magical systems, then it must affect the empath too. If you felt the full effect of the moon, then sit tight and join us for a fascinating dive into how empaths relate to all the cycles of the moon. And you know, Denise, if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Because if we know that the moon affects the tides of the ocean, and we know that all of us people are made up of around 70% water, then doesn't it make sense that the moon would affect us too? It does. And the gravitational pull especially around the new and the full moon is when it's the strongest because the sun, the earth, and the moon are all more in line with one another. And it's also really interesting to go back to many native cultures refer to the moon as grandmother moon and very revered as ruling the rhythms of the tides and the waters, which is considered the lifeblood of earth. The moon is about feminine energy and wisdom and intuition birth, death, reincarnation, spiritual connection. And I think as empaths, it's one of the reasons we're so attuned with nature, but especially with the moon energies. Have you read that theory that when the culture, civilization moved from a matriarchal to a patriarchal society, that they switched the calendar from 13 months to 12 months to kind of eliminate the divine feminine? I have heard that. I think that's so interesting. The moon has 13 cycles. A woman has 13 cycles in a year. And so the calendar used to be set up that way, and then they changed it. I wonder how true that is. So we're going to be talking about the eight phases of the moon. But in general, the new moon grows into the waxing moon, which grows into the full moon, which then wanes into the dark moon, and then back to the new moon. So it's a continual cycle. Would you like to hear a fun fact about the moon? I would love a fun fact. Okay. It's not a sphere. It's actually egg-shaped. Hmm. Yeah, I did not know that. And it's 239,000 miles from the Earth. But every year, the moon's orbit moves about four centimeters away from the Earth. That's very interesting. Yeah. And scientists don't know exactly how the moon came to be. The biggest theory, the most accepted theory, is that a large object, kind of like the size of the planet Mars, collided with the Earth around four and a half billion years ago, which created a massive amount of debris drifting into orbit that eventually gathered into what we now know as the moon. But they aren't sure about this theory because the question remains, if something that large hit us, why didn't it push the Earth out of orbit? So I just find it interesting that... Everything about the moon remains a little mysterious. Yes, and the original astronaut's footprint is still there like they just left. Yes, because there isn't wind on the moon. Oh, I also read the Apollo 11 astronauts left an olive branch on the moon to symbolize peace. Oh. I know, and a silicon disk with peaceful statements from leaders of 73 countries. The disk has a little title on it that says goodwill messages from around the world brought to the moon by the astronauts of Apollo 11 and it's signed from planet earth July 1969 wow I know there's also a falcon feather on the moon 
because they wanted to prove Galileo's theory that gravity pulls all bodies equally regardless of weight. So one of the astronauts, Dave Scott, dropped a falcon feather and a hammer at the same time to see if they'd land at the same time, and they did. And so they left the falcon feather uh, on the moon. Fun times and out of space. I know. All right, those are my fun <laughs> facts. Let's start with the new moon. So when the new moon occurs, it's between the sun and the earth. We experience the new moon between the waning crescent and the waxing crescent moon cycles. It appears invisible to our naked eye. So during the new period, the moon is often referred to as the seed moon because it's a great time to focus on what ideas and wishes you want to plant in your life. So it's a wonderful cycle to focus on your intentions and what you want to invite into your life. Empaths may feel as though they need less sleep during a new moon, or you might just naturally find yourself waking up earlier during a new moon phase because you feel invigorated and ready to start something new. Some empaths may even feel hungrier or have the energy for more exercise when a new moon is in the sky. It's a great time for meditating to get new ideas and inspiration, and it's a time for focusing on calming activities and, for, and feeling more balanced and centered in your life. It can also be really, really useful in kind of an intense reboot kind of way. Envision filling up and recharging and mentally throw away all unwanted thoughts and just things that aren't working in your life anymore. Some useful tips can be to step back, breathe, refresh. It's a good time to think about new projects and phases in your life, gather your thoughts and plan ahead, but really a good time also to unplug and take time alone. Some folks may feel a little antisocial or introverted for no reason, but again, with the new moon turning inward and away from draining energy of others, it can be really helpful. Now, I always thought that you initiate on the new, and, and that's true, but if now, Jen, Jen Edwards from Thank Goddess that we've had on the show in the past, there's such a science to when you actually set the intention of the timing. And that's more when the waxing crescent, when you're stepping, you don't want to do it exactly at the time of the new moon. So you may want to consult with an astrologer who really knows as far as if you want to pinpoint it to the exact time. So rather than doing it on the night of the first new moon, you want to do it in that 14-day period of the waxing moon? Well, I think it can be if the, I know that depending on the energies where the sign is, and again, this is, I'm not an astrologer and I don't play one on TV, <laughs> that you can get very, very precise with this. And that can make a big difference. Make sure that you set your intentions or do your ritual at after this time. But I do think that it's generally, and forgive me if I'm not correct with this, uh, after the exact time of the moon. You don't want to do it right at the time because then you're going into the waxing of actually setting those intentions. I look at the new moon kind of like an etch-a-sketch where you can just erase the last four weeks and start over, start anew. And that's You've a had, good way to look at it. Yeah, it's like, it's like a clean slate. Our next new moon is June 21st. So if you are thinking about starting something or want to just plant the seeds for something new in your life, anytime after June 21st is a great time to focus on that. So what comes after the new moon, Denise? Uh, the waxing crescent. And again, this is a great time to set intentions, 
This is when intentions, hopes, wishes, so you've recharged on this new moon, and now you get ready to put those things out there that you've planted. It's a time to really develop the intentions, to bury the crystals, to write the checks to the universe, to lay the mental groundwork for a new project. So a question you might ask yourself is, why are you doing what you're doing? What are your intentions that are going to get you there? It's a time of planting seeds. What do you want to accomplish or to get done? And I think, so you may come up with something on the new moon, and then this waxing crescent is when you start to really clarify those intentions of what you want to put out into the universe. Yeah, and I kind of look at a, a waxing moon as, okay, you planted the seeds around the new moon. Now you're going to focus on watering them. And so it's a really good time to focus on positivity and redirecting some areas of your life. It's a wonderful time to do abundance or uh, positive visualization and strengthening your goals. For empaths, you might feel like going out more during a waxing moon. It's a wonderful time to invite friends over or go out and be seen. It's a great time to get really clear on what you want to call into your life or grow in your life. You can do a really fun exercise with a bay leaf under a waxing moon. You just go out and stand under the moonlight and you write your wish or intention on a bay leaf and you safely burn it outside under the light of the waxing moon. As the smoke travels up to the moon, you visualize your goal or wish growing in strength and manifesting for you. If you have any crystals that you use for manifesting, like citrine, galena, or clear quartz, or if you're manifesting love, you want to use rose quartz, so there's a ton of different stones you can use, you can charge them under the light of the waxing moon. Or let's say you just started doing readings professionally and you're focusing on growing your business. You could place your oracle deck or your tarot cards under the waxing moon to encourage more clients to come your way. Or if you're looking for a new job or you're trying to grow an aspect of your business, you can place a symbol of that, like your resume or your business card out under the waxing moon. Those are all great tips because after you leave the waxing moon, you come into the, the first quarter moon, which is when it looks like it's half a moon in the sky. So this is about a week after the new moon. And it's when if you've set those intentions and you've done all these things, you might start to feel a little resistance in the form of obstacles. So if you set intentions with the new moon, your hurdles at achieving these goals could be experienced during this first quarter. This is where the challenges, the decisions, the actions may come into play. So this is really right around that half moon. You've set your intention. You've done this work. You've done these things. This is when you might need to give yourself a little nudge to take more action to bring the goal to fruition. It's a week of rest and intention setting are over this is the time to work harder. So be prepared to make decisions. Stay calm if things aren't, if they just come out of nowhere. It's a time to stay flexible and keep the intention you set, but revisit it often and make decisions based on the outcome that you're trying to, to come up with. You might need a little extra time for some decision making. It's a time of sitting back and reflecting, reviewing some old decisions and see if you can use that information to overcome these obstacles that might be um, diverting you from what you're trying to achieve. And then we move into the waxing gibbous. Right. And what occurs there? Well, this is about refining and honing. This is when you observe and align your, your hopes with 
the universal momentum to building it. So this is a moon phase away from when the moon is full. And it's a time of adjustment and refining, of editing. Things don't always work out as we planned. So this phase helps you to reevaluate and give up or change direction. It's because I think sometimes we might think, oh, this is my only outcome. And when you hit the wax and gibbous, it might be, okay, this was my goal, but maybe I need to go at it from a different direction. This is a time to, to be more cognizant of details, be mindful of what you're doing, pay extra attention and assess the goals and figure out what's working and what may need to change. And then this leads into the full moon, which is a time of harvest. Yeah, and the full moon is a time to appreciate the fullness of your life, to focus on your blessings and what you're grateful for. It's a time that is supercharged with energy, making it a wonderful evening to charge your crystals or focus on what you want to enhance in your life. So empaths might often feel really emotional during a full moon and feel, well, everything. Everything will feel more intense, while at the same time, empaths might even find it harder to get to sleep or stay asleep. You might feel restless as your mind races with thoughts or worries or ideas and inspiration. They did a little study in Switzerland, and it found that people during a full moon actually produced less melatonin. And so they take an average of five minutes longer to fall asleep than subjects monitor during other times of the month. For many, especially empaths, intuition is heightened during a full moon. You might find that old emotions or stagnant energy might rise to the surface, making this a wonderful time for self-care. Now, just as the full moon is churning the tides of the ocean, your emotions might feel topsy-turvy as well as old stuff or issues you've been avoiding get churned up and start rolling in like a tidal wave. As the full moon is lighting up the dark night, it might also be lighting up shadow sides of yourself. It can illuminate things going on in a relationship that you didn't want to see. It also brings passion and enthusiasm to ideas. It can have a destabilizing effect on how you're feeling. So it's very important for empaths to be patient with yourself during a full moon. It's a wonderful time for self-reflection and introspection. You may feel more sensual and romantic. It's a great time to stay in, work on your gratitude journal, charge your crystals, collect moon water, and just tuck in with yourself. You can hold a piece of malachite, for example, and write down all the emotions you're feeling. If malachite is too strong for you, some empaths feel malachite's a little too strong of a stone for them. You can hold a piece of rose quartz, pink damborite, or pink opal. And the full moon is also a wonderful evening to take a self-care bath. You can just pour, I usually do a cup of Epsom salts and a half cup of sea salt. And then I toss in some chunks of rose quartz and bubbles. And I will just sit in there for a good long time as I let the salt kind of clean my aura clean. Our next full moon is June 5th. So okay. it's coming up kind of soon. And I've been a bartender. I've worked in residential treatment. I've worked in psychiatric hospitals and I've worked with highly disturbed people. So there is a lot, a lot of personal evidence and truth that full moons tend to be more violent. There can be psychiatric episodes. There can be aggravated assaults. And I'm sure when your former husband, they were, I, I have dear friends who are um, police officers and they always kind of dread the full moon a little bit because of this heightened awareness. And I think yep. that goes back to that 
that gravitational pull, that intensity, that if you're working with people, there was something I read about someone was having manic episodes and they they tracked it to the cycles of the moon and he couldn't figure out why he was having this crash and burn. He was working with a counselor and the counselor said, well, let's keep track of this. And it was almost right spot on to the day of the moon cycles with these, it was almost a, it was a different form of probably don't even call it this anymore, but bipolar disorder. And it matched perfectly with these cycles that we're talking about. So if there's someone in your life that may be having emotional trauma or issues, or you're yourself finding that, it may be worth paying attention to these cycles to say, oh my gosh, I really need to be a little more, have more self-care or be more self-aware during this time. I always write down the full moon. I try to write down the other moon cycles in my calendar, but I don't always do that. But I always write down the full moon because I know I feel so much more heightened everything. So if I'm having a bad day, it's a really bad day. If I'm having a good day, it's an amazing day. Like everything is, it's kind of like when we were pregnant. You know how you felt emotions more strongly? It's kind of like that for me. I definitely feel the full moon, I think, more intensely than than people around me. And I don't mean that like, look at me. I, I mean that as in all of us empaths, I think we'll feel that way if we start tracking it and, and taking notice of it. Full moons are often a lot about spiritual growth and going within, and sometimes even to the extent of setting some soul-level goals. So this is, it's, it's intense times. It really is. And to go back to the new moon for a second, I was thinking about years and years ago, I worked on a psychiatric unit, and there was this little tiny guy. He was really quiet. He was about, I don't know, 90 pounds soaking wet, little, little guy. And he could sail right through the full moon, but on the new moon, and it happened, it was a cyclical pattern. I, I literally watched this man throw a couch across a ward, this little tiny guy, because he was so agitated around the new moon. His meds were the same, everything else was the same except that moon cycle. So I think for some people, there can be that intensity around other cycle times in the moon as well. Well, you know, I don't follow the eight cycles that we're discussing today because that's so complicated to me. I tend to follow the four main, you know, new, waxing, full, waning. Right. And I've noticed that bef- you know, between the new moon and the full moon, I'm energized, I'm vital, I'm moving, going, planning, scheduling. And from the full moon to the waning moon, that whole cycle, I'm much more introspective. That's when I get more of my writing done. That's when I read more. I tend to tuck in a lot more. And I didn't notice that about myself until I started tracking the full moon on my calendar. Are you like that as well? Do you kind of go along with that building and then releasing energy? I'm really aware of the full moon and the new moon. And as far as all of these other aspects that we're talking about, as I'm, as we're discussing them, as I'm reading them, as I've talked to people who are astrologists, and they'll say, okay, you want to wait and do this about a week later. It makes sense mm-hmm. because the moon is a cyclical pattern. So, you know, after the full moon, when you go into that waning gibbous, it is a time of introspection. It's a time of gratitude, of enthusiasm, of a time of abundance and, and, you know, make, that's a great, great time to make a list of your gratefuls or 
reflect on what what happened with your goal to to think about your goals but this is it's about feeling more full so when that moon has and if you pay attention to all these things it really does follow this which i think is fascinating as hell i do too i do too you know if you're looking at the sky the waxing crescent it looks like a backwards c and the waning crescent will look like a c in the sky just if you're thinking well how do i know besides looking at the farmer's almanac or googling it that's one way you can know and the other thing i wanted to say before we move to the waning gibbous a lot of people think if they put their crystals out in the moonlight it'll clean them that's not true sunlight and moonlight charges your crystal so if you think about your iphone or your android that's what the moonlight and the sunlight does it charges them with energy so they can keep working with you and for you so the sunlight will charge it with a lot of like masculine action oriented uh, vitality type energy whereas the moonlight will charge it with more of the intuition divine feminine uh, receiving energy but if you want to cleanse your crystals you need to use other methods like rice or sage or salt or salt water depending on the type of stone I, I just hear that a lot from our listeners, like, oh, I cleanse my stones every month in the full moon. That's not cleansing, that's charging, which is very, very different. It's good information. You know, after you leave the wane and gibbous, you come into that third or last quarter, which is when the half moon is decreasing. So similar to the, the sea or the backward sea, you know, you have the half moon in between and you have it half when it's waning and when it's waxing, you have to go halfway. And this is that reverse process of heading back towards another new moon. And this is that time of release and letting go and forgiveness. It's another great time to let go of stuff, old grudges, let go of anger that's built up. Forgive yourself for everything. Forgive other people. This last quarter of the moon is a great, great, great time to release and let go. It's also a great time to let go of habits that are holding you stuck or doing you harm. It's a good time to do a cleanse. Ask what's no longer serving you and get rid of it. Things, people, emotions. And this is where, similar to what we talked about earlier, physical exercise can help with that purge and release. And I think that's another thing is pay attention to how your body is reacting during these different cycles of the moon. And it will match with what needs to be happening emotionally or spiritually because it's all so interconnected. Yes, exactly. It's all interconnected. And the waning moon is a, is a wonderful time to do inner child work. It's a wonderful time to not be so social. So if you are very empathic and you tend to feel the moon cycles, you wouldn't want to schedule a party for yourself and your friends during the waning moon. So you may be feeling more reclusive and that's okay. It's one of the best times of the month to focus on silence, stillness, inner reflection, to focus on what you're ready to let go of, as Denise says. It's also a good time to clean your house, to organize, get your files in order, or to consider setting up a sacred space for your meditation practice. This is a great time to not try to control things, but to get ready for a new cycle that's coming in. This waning crescent is very, very, very much a time of surrender and rest and recuperation. Sometimes it can feel a little empty, but I think that that, again, it's that ebb and flow of not only the natural, you know, 
biological things that are happening because we're the same composition of water as the earth is, but also that intensity of emotion that so many of us feel as empaths. Yeah, that's very, very true. So there's a lot of cool things about legends or lore or guidance or superstitions around agriculture and the in the moon cycle, which I think is really interesting. And I found this in my farmer's almanac. Do you get the farmer's almanac? I do, yes. I do too, and I mainly for the moon cycles. So Martha White of the Old Farmer's Almanac says, the new and first quarter phases known as the light of the moon are considered good for planting above ground crops, putting down sod, grafting trees, and transplanting. From full moon through the last quarter or the dark of the moon is the best time for killing weeds, thinning, pruning, mowing, cutting timber, and planting below ground crops. So I think in that one quote, you can kind of see the whole cycle of the moon, right? So from the new to the full, not only are you planting and putting down sod, but it's you're, you're planting seeds, ideas, inspiration in your mind that you can grow. And then from the full moon to the dark moon, the waning, that's when she says, you know, you kill weeds, you uh, mow your lawn, you uh, trim and prune your plants and bushes. And that's what you want to do in your own life. You know, you want to get out of your energy, anything, any word, any phrase, thought, action that is no longer serving you. I think it's neat the way it's all connected. It is. And you can go back to with the planting cycles and pay attention to the astrological signs that they're in. You can pay attention to how animals act around the different cycles of the moon. Are they more active? Some coyotes have a different call that they use just around the full moon. So it's interesting that the animals and nature are so attuned to this. And I think we used to be, and we've stepped away from that because we have light pollution, we have sound pollution. And I'm not saying that we all need to shut everything down, but I think being aware of what our instinctual reaction is to this can be really helpful with being able to use it to our benefit. You know, there's a song by the Smiths that I love. It's called Ask. It's written by Morrissey. And there's a there's a line in that song that says, nature is a language. Can't you read? Oh, it's a good line. I know. I've always loved that because it is. Nature is always talking to us and communicating with us. Yeah, I read a study that m- more mammals, especially herbivores, are fertile during this during the full moon time and it's interesting because the moon has always been connected to feminine energy and moon goddesses like Celine for example because the moon grows into a full belly just as a pregnant woman's belly will grow into a full round circle and so it's always been connected with feminine and and the cycles of women and it's it just reminds us constantly that no matter how many computers or technological devices we use or how many factories and robots we build, we are really and truly connected to nature. The moon has a frequency that's linked to the element of water, as we said at the beginning. And as empaths, as highly sensitive people, as emotional people, that makes sense because water is the emotional connection for us. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I read a really cool quote when I was trying to get more information for this show by Hippocrates, you know, 
considered the father of modern medicine, he wrote in the 5th century BC, one who is seized with terror, fright, and madness during the night is being visited by the goddess of the moon. Oh, lunaticus, you know, that that's yeah. the Latin. It's moonstruck. Yep. So moon madness. Because lunatic sounds like a very uh, challenging word that would put someone on the defense, too. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's the best choice in words. No. <laughs> I read on uh, History.com's website that in the 18th century in England, people on trial for murder could campaign and were often successful in advocating for a lighter sentence on the grounds of lunacy if the crime they committed occurred during a full moon. And it said that in psychiatric uh, hospitals, uh, especially like in London's Bethlehem Hospital, sometimes they would just go ahead and shackle patients on the full moon as a preventative measure. Doesn't that sound gruesome? It is gruesome. We've come a long way in how we treat our people with mental health issues. A very long way. I think we still have a long way to go. But, you know, when I first learned all of that, like I remember when I was a kid learning that, you know, lunar, lunacy, lunatic, that all really fascinated me. And, And it surprised me because... The full moon is always associated with romance and kind of magic and mystical things and everything's so positive. And I didn't really understand, you know, why it was also connected with werewolves and all sorts of other negative stuff. But it's interesting that it is. And I think for empaths, if we start to make note of where the moon is in its cycle, it will help us understand sometimes our shifting emotions and feelings. Are you ready for one more fun fact? I'd love one more. Well, I don't know how fun this is. It's kind of weird. But there's, there's a famous planetary geologist named Eugene Shoemaker who always dreamed of going to the moon in his lifetime, and he never got there. So instead, an urn of his ashes went there. And wrapped around it on a piece of brass foil is a passage from Romeo and Juliet that says, And when he shall die, take him and cut him out into little stars, and he will make the face of heaven so fine that all the world will be in love with night and pay no worship to the garish sun. Um, Can you imagine? Can you? Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if my mother left that in her will? I would like to be entombed on the moon. Make that happen. (laughs) And you would. You would find a way. I would find a way. I wonder, it didn't. When I was just reading about all these little fun facts of the moon, it didn't say how his ashes got there. He must have had to pay an arm and a leg. Oop, yes. no pun intended. Okay. And, well, would it matter to him at that point? We don't know. We don't know. And I also read this really cute little story from Poland about a man, uh, Pan Tardowski, who is said to live on the moon. And the legend says that he sold his soul to the devil for magical powers with the clause that the devil could only take his soul if he was in Rome. So, of course, Pan Tardowski never went to Rome. He did, however, stop off at an inn called Rome, where the devil caught up with him. But as the devil was taking him away, I guess to hell, he dropped him halfway and he landed on the moon. And it is said that Pan still lives there. He's the man on the moon with a pet spider who he sometimes lets down to earth on a thread to find out news from his old home. Isn't that kind of neat? That is really neat. Fun, isn't it? The stories and the things. Now, not an astrologer. I'm just qualifying that. But I 
the lunar nodes. Now, this is another whole weird thing, but we're going into lunar nodes in Gemini and Sagittarius, which I think is kind of cool because you're a Gemini and I'm a Sagittarius. So since November of two, and this is more current, this isn't, this is going to affect all of us though, impact all of us. Since November of 2018, we've been moving through this collective soul lesson, but it's coming to an end and a new one's getting ready to take off. So lunar nodes are about soul lessons we're here to journey through as an individual, but also as a collective. So since 2018, we've been in Cancer and Capricorn, which if we think of the zodiac type signs as archetypes, that helps with these to figure out these lunar nodes. So if we... The Cancer Capricorn energy has been about tuning into softer feminine qualities and merging them with our more masculine qualities. It's been a time to nourish ourselves, focus on self-care. How can we balance that tough outer shell with our soft inner center? We've been working on feeling more comfortable with ourselves to bring more health and well-being where, when it comes to how we conduct business and pursue our careers. So we've been guided to balance our work life and our home life. And we've talked about that a lot, about wanting this and feeling this of, oh, I need more balance. I, I need, haven't, hasn't that come up, up a lot for you with folks you've been talking yes. with? Yeah, for sure. And I wonder if that's how the Me Too movement evolved, because it sounds like what you were just describing with the Cancer Capricorn relationship. Right. So the beginning of May, it switched to Gemini Sagittarius. So we're setting up a new collective soul lesson. And Gemini is all about communication and self-expression. So we're going to be encouraged to share our truth and find new ways to shine our authentic light. And I thought that was really interesting because authenticity has been coming up as a consistent theme for people as well. And what's Sagittarius all about with the lunar? Well, well, the Geminis are very social. So this is freedom of speech. But Sages rule over international travel, religion, higher ed. And there are things that we can, we maybe see change and highlighted in some way. So the last time the lunar nodes were in Gemini and Sagittarius was in October 2001 through April of 2003. So if you look back at world events around that time and see what was happening or what was happening in your own life, it's going to be coming back again, or there's going to be some correlation. So we need some time to see how this energy unfolds and where these collective lessons are taking us. But I think that it's about um, we're all being called in our own way to find our authentic voice and be curious and embrace new ways of thinking, which lines up beautifully with this whole situation we've all been going through as a collective on a global level. So, you know, in June, early June, the lunar eclipse in Sagittarius, and then November 30th, the lunar eclipse in Gemini. And then December 14th, a solar eclipse in Sagittarius. So there's also solar and lunar eclipses that tie in with this. But in January of 2022, we'll switch into Taurus and Scorpio, which will be another whole new collective lesson to work through. And I wasn't aware of the nodes before this. No, me neither. And I just have to be negative Nelly for a minute. (laughs) Okay. But when you're saying we're entering this Gemini Sag period for two years where we're going to be rethinking higher education and how we communicate. That scares me with this COVID-19 stuff. I feel like we're going to be with online schooling a lot longer than we think when I hear you talk. 
And see, my, my perspective was, this is a time so many people are talking about finding their voice, becoming more creative, uh, embracing new ways of thinking and new ways of coming together as a collective to solve some problems. No, I like that perspective. And I think you're right. You know, some wonderful things that I hope are going to come out of this quarantine time are that companies might start to realize all this travel isn't as necessary as they thought. And all those mother love and meetings aren't as necessary as they thought. And people who may have always wanted to work from home have now discovered, huh, I don't think so. Or yes, this is for me. And they might start to change and shift the way they communicate or learn or interact with work because of, because of this quarantine time and maybe because of these lunar node influences you're talking about. But again, everything we've talked about, this, this moon energy, it impacts all of us. And the new energies coming in from what I've been reading, talking, seeing, feeling, it's about coming together more as a collective that we are all one in unity. And I think that if we can pay attention to these cycles and pay attention to these nodes and realize we're all in this together, it's going to make the world a difference with this transition and shift that we're all going into. Oh, that sounds so good. I hope so. I really, really hope that is true. And that's really, really nice to end the show on a positive note because we need that right now. I've seen this virus kind of divide people and I'm so surprised that this whole COVID-19 is becoming politicized. And I don't know, it's a little concerning sometimes to, to read the news. And so thinking about this new shift, you said we just started it in May? Yes, early May. That's wonderful because Geminis are, you know, that yes, we can be a little flighty and distracted and, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. But in general, I believe Geminis are very social and they just want everyone to get along. And Sagittarius is, they're very similar. Mm -hmm. they're all and they're the them. opposite sides of the, like you're, we're the polar opposites, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. That is. That really is. And eclipses for empaths, eclipses are all about eclipsing things out of your life. So it's, it's kind of like uh, if you've been in the dark on a certain situation in your life during a, an eclipse, it's like the lights are turned on and you can finally see what's really going on and what needs to leave your life. And so they're very positive times of productive change. And empaths who don't like change, you know, might have a little harder time around the lunar eclipse. But in general, it's, it's, a, it's a shifting that needs to take place, a reorganization. And so I do think patience is needed for empaths around an eclipse time. I agree. And around all these cycles of the moon, too. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Well, we hope this has been entertaining and enlightening for you all. If you've been affected by the moon, let us know. We're getting our questions and stories from you all gathered up for our next Community Connections. So if you have something you want to share or ask of us and the listeners, you can always email us, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Facebook. You can find us there, Enlightened Empaths. And if you like the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to grow our community. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, please remember to show up, do great work, and share your light.
Take care.